Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and we are back talking about a topic that we wish we weren't talking about again. Uh, history repeats uh, first as tragedy, then as farce, then as farcical tragedy. And then as your co-host, Martin McMahon, is, is resurfaced. Martin, how are you keeping? Not too bad, Tony. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose this is and it, it all ties into what we've said before. The, the, I won't even use the phrase, but yeah, it all ties in that these things never come to a conclusion. It's a treadmill. It's a treadmill and it's an awful treadmill. Well, we're talking again, folks, unfortunately, about the fallout from the mother and baby homes report and now the state's redress scheme, which will see up to 40 percent of survivors or people affected excluded. And we've we've known about this for a while. And we're delighted to be joined on the podcast again by our friend Noel Brown, the actor and writer who always says to me, can we come on and talk about something else? And I say, hopefully someday, Noel. <laughs> and, and the wonderful Maeve O'Rourke of the Clan Project. Thanks to both of you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Um, Maeve, if I could start with you, if you don't mind, uh, there, this is now one of these yet again, we're calling on people straight off the bat to lift their voices on behalf of the people impacted and affected, because this Wednesday, the state are looking to bring through this redress scheme that is going to uh, exclude, as I say, up to 40% of people impacted. Can you just give us a sense of, of, of what the, what we're looking for and what is happening? Yeah, so the Clan Project, that's clannproject.org, has an email campaign that we put up this morning asking people immediately to email all their TDs and senators because this Wednesday, um, report stage in the Dáil is scheduled for the Mother and Baby Institutions Payment Bill. That is the so-called redress scheme for people who spend time in any of the mother and baby homes or any of the county homes. Um, and shockingly, it, it truly beggars belief, but the scheme is going to exclude anyone separated from their mother before they were six months old. And that is an estimated 24,000 people of the 58,000 that the government estimates still to be alive. Um, and there is simply no rational or logical explanation for this, because as we all know, the key harm of the mother and baby homes was the separation of mother and child. Well, well, well I'm sorry to push him, but wasn't that in, identified in the Oak report as well as a key finding that the state, uh, the, the actual separation of mother and child or what was one of the key issues in this? Yeah, you're completely right, Tony. So the Oak report, for people who don't know, is the government's own commissioned survivor consultation report. And Oak is the organization that carried this out. And they heard from hundreds of people affected. And the overarching conclusion was that among the numerous harms and human rights violations identified by survivors for which reparation was needed, the primary was the loss of the mother-child bond and relationship. Now, the people who were separated before the age of six months aren't the only people excluded from this scheme. The scheme also excludes everybody who or ex excludes recognition of abuse in an abusive, adoptive or boarding out placement, despite the confidential committee report of the Mother and Baby Homes Commission final report containing the most horrendous descriptions, uh, repeated descriptions of horrific abuse that 
I think most people know happened in boarding out placements and many people suffered, unfortunately, in unmonitored, unregulated adoptive placements as well. Um, there are other exclusions like the enhanced medical card is only going to be available to anyone who is institutionalized for more than six months. So even mothers won't get the enhanced medical card if they weren't in a mother and baby home for more than six months. Again, just refusing point blank to recognize that the key harm people have suffered that they told the government about is the separation of mother and child. This is not supposed to be a replica of the Magdalene Laundries scheme. It is a different type of abuse. I mean, a compounding abuse of, yes, institutionalization and crucially, the lifelong impact of forced separation of mother and child. And the government keeps saying, oh, we've designed it this way because it'll be non-adversarial if we base it on duration of stay. Now, there's two things about that. One is, if you're basing it on duration of stay, how does it make sense to exclude people who were institutionalized for less than six months? It is an illogical explanation. Also, it is not necessarily going to be that easy just to produce records of your duration of stay. There will be a huge need for people to swear affidavits, like we saw in the Magdalene scheme. Records are not available for everybody. So if you're going to have an instance of, if you're going to have a procedure for swearing affidavits, that means the scheme should be open to people coming forward to seek recognition of vaccine trials, for example, of racial discrimination, disability-based discrimination, expatriation outside of the state illegally for adoption. These are all individualised harms that the government is refusing to recognise in the scheme that the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission has said have to be recognised. But, 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 but even the six-month uh, time limit is, is hilarious. So we just drew this arbitrary line and we said, like, that's that, let's accept that oh, as, as, as the basis it's, point. It's unreal, Noel. And I know you'd love to be talking about something else, and I know you would. But, you know, when you're up against this illogical, compounded abuse, illogical, compounded abuse over years and years and years, at what stage do you say to yourself, these people, these people just don't want to do what they should do? Um what is the point in all of this? Because I know you're a really great fighter and you just keep coming back, but there has to come a point when, as Mavis explained, what they're doing is illogically, is illogical. It's compounding abuse. It's not helping anybody. At what stage do we get a sea change where we say, right, the past has to be resolved before we can move on with the future? Yeah, it has to. Um, and it, it is continuing, continuing the abuse and re-traumatizing of people. Um, and it's getting worse year by year. Um, what, what Tony was saying there about the, the six month thing, Catherine Connolly stood up on the door. She's a fabulous TD. And she said, so what you're telling me is that I needn't have worried about my children for the first six months of their life, that it doesn't matter. We know that's not true. And particularly in, in setting, you know, things happening in an institution, we know there's been a lot of harm. We know there was vaccine trials. We know there was abuse. And to put this six month thing when we also know that babies were taken, you know, within eight weeks, within days, within hours after birth. It is an extraordinary, inhuman approach to something that they claim it's going to pursue the twin tenets of act of kindness and do no harm. Can I, that can was I, their thinking around. I, I, sorry, hang on. I'll repeat that again. Act of yeah. kindness and do it, no harm. Yeah, that's that's the basis for this absolutely discriminatory abuse 
of survivors. It's can, extraordinary. Can I ask, is it that if they start looking at people or, at, at ch- you know, children under under six under six months is it that when they start looking in those areas that that leads to further stuff and what they're trying to do is close the doors on further stuff is that because we know there was children sent abroad and we know that everything was not in order is this what they're afraid of getting into the scale of the horror is so huge and no amount of them shutting doors and trying to shut us up. Um, the evidence is all there. We're not going to stop fighting. I mean, I'm exhausted from it and I'm sure Mavis as well. But as survivors, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop fighting. Um, they are definitely shutting doors, closing down. Um, the, the levels of abuse were there. The evidence is there. The whole country now knows what went on in those mother and baby homes because we've continued to speak publicly about it and shared our stories. And what this is doing is taking a perspective of a cold, clean look at it and go, there's six months, that'll do. In terms of the enhanced medical card, that's the thing that really jumps out at me as well, apart from the horror of what they're trying to do, excluding 24,000 people, is that an enhanced medical card it's, it's safe to assume that a lot of people who need this enhanced medical card are older, with health issues, and people who don't have their family medical histories. So they may be dealing with issues that could have been checked, could have been caught in time if they are ill or whatever's going on for them. But even on that score, that basic human right to be looked after, to not have your family medical history compounds all of the things that can happen to you. So it is a a cold, calculated, disgusting um, response to a supposed redress scheme to bring, you know, an act of kindness and do no harm. They are harming us every time they ram another piece of legislation through the door and do not listen to what we're saying. We've spoken so many times and they refuse to listen. And I, I don't know, I don't know where we go from here, to be quite honest, because they're not listening. No, and, we and, and we've known that, Noel, for, for you've known that for a number of years. But I suppose if I can be really co- cold, and it is mm. really cold of me, um, and maybe you might want to come in on this. What what I'm looking at this in my economic eyes is, is a bean counter exercise. And some of this is a, is a cost reduction mechanism. And what they're putting on the floor of the doll on this Wednesday seems to me to be a damage limitation in terms of how much they're going to outline and the money we're talking about some of the the, the funds that are being you know the the entry level they're not uh they're not life-changing amounts of money for people Maeve you might fill us in on that a little bit I think that's really important for people to realize so between three and six months forced labor oh admittedly you can only even claim for forced labor if you were in either a county home or one mother maybe home they have excluded 13 mother and baby homes from you even being able to say that you were subjected to forced labor. Um, but for three to six months, you get 1,500 euro. Uh, the first payment um, scale for mothers who are in an institution is 5,000 euro. These are amounts the people are going to be signing away all of their legal rights against the state for. So it's not like the state is getting nothing in return. This is not actually an ex gracia scheme because it is a quid pro quo. It's not given as a gift. It is actually given in return for you giving away all of your legal rights um, to potentially go to court and claim properly for these kinds of abuses. Um, So the state is actually doing well here. The amounts on offer are low, minuscule by comparison to the harm. Let's tell the truth. They're they're, they're actually... 
derisory in many cases. The entry level is derisory. I'd probably get more if I had a case about a mis-selling of a financial product in the central bank. And I know that from personal experience. So I just think, you know, it's it's not a lot of money here. And the government keeps saying uh, this is the biggest scheme in the history of schemes like this, um, the largest ever of its type. But it's been estimated by the civil servants at 800 million euro. Now, that is an ex- no. that's anticipating that every single person that they're currently making eligible. 800 million. They're saying, but it's only going to be open for five years. I highly, highly doubt that every single one of the people that they're estimating to be eligible will actually apply. So it's not going to come to that amount. And they're including costs of enhanced medical cards in that. Uh, They're including administration costs, IT costs, legal costs, communication and publicity costs. And we know that the micro redress scheme is projected to cost two to three billion euro. The defective apartments scheme projected at 2.5 billion this is really a matter I of mean, revenue, actual recognition revenue wrote off more for one client for one client and that's true yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, did. there was a pharmaceutical uh, company that also got a write down, Martin, if you were aware that uh, that got, I think it was a tax bill of 1.8 billion down to something in the region that's, of 300 million. That's exactly it. One uh, client, uh, one and, client. And, and I don't, but I, again, outside of that, we only have to look in the last 24 hours of the work that Shane Corr has exposed and what's happened with the with the people, nursing home illegal charges and the, the cost of the state was anywhere, the, it was like 5 billion up to 12 when you factor in as maybe said the other costs whether it's you know legal legal fees and taking the charges and all this on so this is this is this is really really a cost saving noel can i yeah sorry go ahead yeah no i mean the thing that fascinates me is they they do that all the time it's going to cost the state this it's going to cost the state this and what i don't understand is why the catholic church isn't paying for this because they made the money on the backs of those women and selling babies like me. It was a business. They've made the money. And any time it's mentioned that the congregation should contribute, or we'll ask for a meeting with the bishops, or we'll ask, they should be paying this. They if there was a legal case made, they'd be co-defendants, would they not? Well, one thing to say about legal cases is I really think that this distinction between the less than six months excluded, the older than six months included, is unconstitutional discrimination. So I think that, um, unfortunately, that's where it's heading. Challenged, and yeah. that is just—I was—I am blue in the face saying that it's just so unconscionable to require people to litigate these issues. Like, it is just so unacceptable. Um, so that's one form of litigation that is inevitable, I think. Um, and then in terms of holding religious orders to account, well, we've seen absolutely no desire to, you know, amend statutes statutes of limitations to release. Yeah records that would enable people to show how the system was run, like all the administrative records are being held under seal uh, in the Department of Children. Um, Much of that is to do with also how the Commission of Investigation operated, it chose to operate entirely in private. And of course, did it find that the religious orders did wrong across the board? Unfortunately, no, it did not. As we know from the eight judicial review actions that very tireless, brave, amazing survivors brought to the High Court. The High Court has declared eight times now that the Mother and Baby Homes Commission of Investigation proceeded illegally because it denied the survivors the same right that was given to the religious and the state to comment on the draft findings. Isn't it a stunning... Sorry, isn't it a stunning problem that we've it's we're now 20 minutes into this podcast and we finally got to the root of a lot of what we've been saying that 
the actual report, the commission report that we, this is all based on, the High Court has said, did not actually adhere to the law. And, and the, I, I'm and the state still use it as the bedrock of, of, of this of this redress scheme of the how yeah. they're dealing with people and what Noel was saying, you know, oh, we're putting care at the center of this. My I'm God. reminded of a comment, Tony, and you'll know this um, from, from a, a former minister. Uh, we don't want to make X the bad guys. And no matter who X is, that's when it's institutionalized, they don't want to make them the bad guys. And that's really what's happening. So you're left stuck with some sort of redress system. And for the money, I am utterly, utterly yeah. shocked. I mean, in light of that, I don't know whether this has changed or not, Maeve, but the figure of 5,000 to a birth mother for the loss of her child, is that still part of the brief that's as well? The first, um, that's the first payment. And just yeah. give me a minute and I'll bring it up. It yeah. was it was five thousand was kind of like for the loss is, of your child. This is your this is your entry point for for, for the loss yeah. of your child. I a mean, lifetime without. Does your this child. show a a, a a problem with wider society that we allow this and we've allowed this for so long, and it's so callous and it's it's well, so th- unreasonable. Th- there, were, there are people going to listen to this, sadly, Martin, and you know this. Who will say that's terrible? It was awful what happened but I shouldn't be paying for this. So I kind of get what it is. And, you know, we know the people. <laughs> like they'll probably tweet about me saying, there he is again, bleeding heart liberals or something. I find it hard that as society, we can't come to terms with this. No, we don't want to. I mean, we just don't want the to. People do, I mean, I really think that the people do. Like mm-hmm. almost every single person in this country wants the people affected by mother and baby homes yeah. first option to be treated with respect. Uh, yes, the, the first payment, I'm looking at Schedule 3, uh, up to three months for a mother is €5,000. And regardless of where you are, you're not allowed to claim any forced labour work payment at all for up to three months. That is a very long time to be forced into unpaid labour to receive not even the €1,500 Euro that you are entitled to for three to six months. Um, so these are derisory amounts. Mm. Um, but I do think that the general public does not agree with this approach. It's an institutionalised approach. Uh, like it would benefit us all for the state to actually have to take accountability um, for these abuses because it would mean that those in power think twice about how things operate today. That is actually what the people affected want to see. Noel, of course, can speak to this. But as far as I can tell, every single person I've ever met who goes to the trouble, that they don't even have to, but goes to the trouble of speaking out, they do it because they want to ensure that it doesn't happen again. And that's what these types of redress schemes are about as well. Yes, people would like if they could achieve some kind of health care, although I really worry about what will even be available under an enhanced form of the existing medical card, because I've worked with so many Magdalene survivors who are on never-ending waiting lists for counselling, for example, because it's actually the public system. Mm. Um, but more than that, it is about accountability. It is about this having mattered. It is about recognition that this was abuse so that hopefully similar abuse does not happen again. It's about our equal rights, the same rights as any other Irish citizen. And we're constantly denied it. And we're paying the price for having been born outside of marriage 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. 
And it's ridiculous. It's 2023. And I, I think you're right. I, I do. I mean, the people I talk to, um, there is a sea change out there. The country does support us. They we see know, what's going we, on. We know that, Noel, because we saw when they crashed the server and you yeah. guys were accused yeah. of actually, oh, you, you you hacked this. You you got bots to do it. No, yeah. people gave a shit. That was good. Yeah. That was people gave a shit. Like, let's be honest. And we do care. Like, we've talked about this countless times on this podcast. The problem is we have to keep talking about it countless times on this podcast because ultimately, there does seem to be an exercise of of whether it's being counting or, but it's not like the, the I, I'm going to be again, I keep coming back to it. I'm going to be the worst in the world here. We've a government that's going to be on the 6-1 news this evening in four minutes talking about the fastest growing economy yet again in mm-hmm. the world at 12 and a half percent. We have GDP growth out the ears. We've budget surpluses. We've all of these wonderful things. And we know what's actually the reality is for so many people. And I think that's the difference. And, and Noel, with the greatest of respect to you as someone who, who I love and as a friend, they don't re they, they, they want to put you in that pigeonhole and say, let's start from five grand and see what we can get yeah. away with. Yeah. Well, even with the nursing home scheme, the story that broke yesterday in terms of who's the most vulnerable here, who can we actually double down on and know that they probably won't have the money to take us to the high court. I mean, that's the operation. That is the thinking behind it. It's, it's appalling. Let's take away their rights and let's continually abuse them, having had a legacy of coming out. I, of I have a phrase for it. And I have a phrase for exactly what they do. It's called to hell or the high court. That's yeah. what it's called. And that's why. And honestly, that is, you know, Noel, and I've said it to you before. I don't think you're a survivor. I think you're a whistleblower. And I think there's an essential difference. You are a whistleblower. And I work with other whistleblowers. And we can tell you for a fact that that is the ethos of the state is to push you to the high court, but to cost you as many years in between before you even get to that position. Yeah. And And people are dying, you know, without justice. That's the reality. Delay, deny and wait for us to die. But it's right. It's right across the board. And it's a very clear gameplay by whomsoever makes these decisions. It's a yeah. very clear gameplay. Maeve, Ma- can I just be really, really, again, I'll keep you in the, the prick in the room, but saying people need to actually go onto the clan projects uh, website now and find this and find these links and actually tell people we don't want this to happen again. We need it. We need people to speak out. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I actually think it could make a difference. I mean, it's the only thing that is left to do at this point. The bill has gone through every stage bar report stage at the doll so things are quite urgent um and quite grim at the moment um but you know anything could happen if people really do get out there emailing like you said we did crash the server on budget day in 2020 with the demand that the entire archive of the mother and baby homes commission not be sealed so that people wouldn't even be able to get their own personal data out of it and um, that worked. So if people could go on to the clan project website or onto Twitter, the clan project has tweeted it. You guys have tweeted it. The link will be the link will be in this podcast. Yeah, exactly. So if you're listening to it, there won't even be a Patreon link. You'll be delighted to hear. It'll just have the link to it won't be me begging you for Patreon subscribers. It'll be me begging you to actually do something that that'll change something. Please do. And it, it does work. It does work. As I was saying, repeal the seal was was such a great moment Huge. for us, you know. And can I, put and I it? think you will face um the argument, oh well, you don't want to delay do you now for the people who we are including but we just I think have to have you know have to stand firm like this is a quick fix well I can I can include 
can I put it in perspective for people, right? Is And you've said the max payout on this is going to be 800 million. And it, that's really stunned me. So while we were talking, I looked up how much does it cost to run the government jet for a year? And it costs 600 million to run the government jet for a year. So 800 million is not a deterrent to these politicians who think 600 million a year flying around in a private jet is okay. That's not a deterrent. It needs to be multiples of that. And they're getting a new government jet next year because they've already said after four years, (laughs) we have to put this in perspective. I mean, the amount of misery they are causing, and yet they are wasting that kind of money on something that's totally frivolous. Can totally. we can we stop about the, uh, uh, let's go let's talk about the actual fact that what as Mava said you're going to hear from people that will say you're delaying it we don't want to delay it any further it's not right these people have been denied for so long what do you say to the people who who are going to and I can actually hear them there's people writing these 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 talking points right now for ministers are going to say them I know the people who bloody write the talking points unfortunately Noel and um, they're going they're writing those talking points now and I'm thinking you know what's the line poison it spews from a peach from a speech speechwriter's pen it's all right he doesn't have to say it <laughs> so you can see those talking points coming forward what do you say to those people that you're going to just delay things further for other victims, survivors? Um, I think if we're going to do this, let's do it right. Um, and I don't think it, it doesn't take that long to, 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 to do your sums again. Let them stay a little longer in the doll and figure out a sum that is not disrespectful and disgusting. Um, I don't think the delays are going to be massive. I think that's the stick they use to beat us with and go, they've never given a crap about the delays that we've been subjected to all our lives. It's an opportunity to do this right and stand up and be counted. And I don't I don't accept that as a as a as a reason the, why this shouldn't be stopped and changed. They could it's, always it's, say it's ex gratia, couldn't they just make that simple change? And then that, yeah. that's the, I mean there's a very simple change. Yeah. I don't know ex-gratia. why they do that to go you sign away everything. You know, it's yeah, yeah, just we signed lots of you know I, I, I our birth mothers I, had to sign bits of paper. You know, to ask someone to sign away this and sign away that. Well, look, here's here's a few bob. Off you go now. It's disgusting. Yeah, don't it's bother us. Disgusting. Don't bother us anymore. A few quid thrown out from the, the from the silver plate. Now don't yeah, bother it's, it's us fine. anymore. And and I mean the thing is, like, so few people will actually want to ever bring legal proceedings. But again, going back to the point about accountability, legal proceedings are about accountability. They are actually about the rule of law operating in the state so that you know, in a, an accountable way, power don't yeah. think they can get away with anything um, with just right riding roughshod over people's basic constitutional rights. So to prevent anyone ever being able to get a judicial finding of wrongdoing is, um, well, it's actually a breach of international human rights law, for starters, because we're talking here about torture and other forms of inhuman or degrading treatment, which is an absolute right, which you can never sign away Uh your right to accountability in respect of. But, you know, it's not necessary either, because if someone did manage to somehow win their case, despite the periods of limitation, the lack of evidence, the fact of the cost rules, needing to get pro bono lawyers, I mean, their award could always be reduced by the amount that the state has already paid out under one of these schemes. So the waiver is unacceptable. Unfortunately, our campaign is really, you know, so basic in terms of just getting people included, but you could go on and on about other problems with the scheme as it's drafted. Noel, 
Maeve, no matter what the circumstances, it is always a pleasure to talk to the two of you. Always, always. And we are always delighted to talk to you and always delighted to have you on the podcast. Noelle, thank you again. One of I these do. days you'll come on and we'll talk about football or horse racing. <laughs> God, we'll, not talk, we'll, we'll do s- crochet. We'll do How much you love Mayo and Cork. <laughs> and Maeve O'Rourke, what can we say? You are a powerhouse. You have been a powerhouse as long as we've known you. Maeve O'Rourke radicalised us, folks. So <laughs> Yes, she did. She absolutely did radicalise us. It's a pleasure to have you on the show thank again. you so much guys and thank i you. do hope this is the very last time that we have to talk about this oh. listen folks we will be back tomorrow um constant gordiev will be joining us from colorado where it's currently i think minus 15 degrees celsius so that should be fun to talk about uh the u.s hitting its debt ceiling so it's a very different type of conversation it should be it should be different but the link in this podcast is purely for the clan project and asking you to raise your voice. So if you can, of course you can, you're listening to this. So all you got to do is click it. And then after you've done it, maybe share it with a friend, share it with four friends. See if you can push it that way, because that's the ask. It's, it's, I know I'm pushing you a little bit, but let's, let's make ourselves a little bit uncomfortable because we should all be uncomfortable about what is happening to our brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, relatives. This is our, these, these are our, these are our family. And we all know someone affected. Uh, and I want to echo what Martin said and thank uh, Maeve and Noel. Uh, genuinely, we've been covering this for a number of years now on the podcast, and it's changed how I even view the struggles in other countries and other in other in other realms. And I want to thank them for that. And we'll leave it there. So I'm getting too far too schmaltzy. Talk to you very soon. Take care. Bye bye. Tony and Martin. Martin and Tony. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.